My name is Arshin Alam, and I am CEO and founder of my startup, GoLeaf. And what we do at GoLeaf is we've developed an eco-friendly, more cost-effective way of producing a material called graphene. We didn't discover graphene. It was first discovered back in 2004 in the UK, but under current production methods to produce this material, which is essentially just a single layer of carbon, it's actually very difficult to get carbon down to that atomic level. So it's extremely expensive, time consuming to make. So what we've done is we have developed a new method of producing the material. And now that we have this cheaper, um, more eco-friendly way to make it, we can now explore the many product applications it has. So graphene's characteristics are it's really lightweight, transparent, extremely conductive, strong. Um, so the two applications we're working on currently is a water desalination membrane as well as an energy storage device. And so we so far have been a bootstrap company and have been self-funded. So what we're pivoting towards now is now that we have these proof of concept products, we are looking for partners to help us test and develop the products further and eventually commercialize, as well as we're looking at the traditional investor route. We get money and we develop and test them ourselves. So we're open to both. Beautiful. Arshin, thank you very much for joining me. Um, so I have to start with uh, how did you start? I mean, like, how did you decide to go into this field? Um, it seems very, um, it's very interesting. Um, it's definitely something that's needed, but I want to hear your story about where did you start and where did this idea and concept come from? Sure. So when I was applying to college back in 2004, it ages me, um, I really wanted to study something where I could Hold on, I was applying to call in 2008, let's be clear. <laughs> 2004. So I really wanted to study something that could allow me to one day create something that could alleviate some of the pains in the world that I had seen. So growing up, um, my parents are, my mom's Pakistani, my dad's Indian. So we spent a lot of our summers visiting their hometowns and they did a really great job of not just showing us the vacation side of things, but also how each part of the world lives. And one of the things that stood out to me from a very young age was the lack of access to clean water and electricity, which I took for granted being a Canadian born and now American um, kid. So I discovered material science and engineering when I was looking at different majors and I chose NC State because they had a very strong program. And while I was there, my undergrad research project that I did was developing low-cost water filters. So I ended up developing these water filters, even patented them and started selling them in India to schools, orphanages, uh, hotels, that type of thing. But very quickly realized two things. One being these filters were great for groundwater and river water, but not for salt water. And with 97% of the Earth's water in the oceans, we really needed a desalination technology. The second thing I realized was I have no idea how to run a business. So <laughs> I um, ended up go coming back and going to business school. While in business school, I started researching different desalination technologies, and that's when I read a paper by MIT that talked about this material called graphene. It was this wonder material, and it was going to solve the desalination problem. But that was years ago that they published it, and you still we have not seen that product on the market, and it's strictly because it's too expensive to make the graphene, to make the filter. So that's what led me into... Um, researching a cheaper way to make it 
being carbon. And my undergrad research was all carbon water filter research related. So it took several years of R&D where we successfully extracted graphene from various carbon sources. And now we are trying to get that carbon embedded into some sort of a substrate to serve as the filtration membrane. But if you had to pick that ideal customer, who's that customer that would actually find uh, this product to be useful and also a game changer for them? Um, so I would want to partner with governments to provide this product to underserved areas because countries like the Gulf, they have desalination and even though it's very expensive, they can afford it, they have oil money. Um, so even though they would be eager for this solution because it's more efficient uh, technology, I would like to focus on getting this product to underserved populations and they cannot afford to buy it themselves. So it would be the country's government who would deploy these systems for them. And, the, and talk about the maintaining because uh, a lot of different times um, I've watched a lot of different organizations wanting to help in, with this exact same situation. Um, they come in, they do great work, they implement and then they go away. Um, and then the community cannot uh, upkeep. So it, how you, I mean, how easy would it be to maintain? Um, do you have to keep coming back? Um, is it a one, uh, it, it come, you come in, you outfit, and then you leave, and then these individuals are excited, but then now it doesn't work anymore. What happens next? So it would still have to be maintained by the municipalities. So that's why it's important that we develop that relationship with the government or whoever will be deploying it because they will need to maintain it when I'm not there and the town people are not the ones to maintain us like a village-wide system. Um, talk about the, the why, like why, why this why now? Um, so why now is our population is growing very quickly and our resources are limited. I feel like the next, you know, huge, I don't want to say war, but I think it will be a struggle between um, countries to have water because our, our groundwater levels are depleting and water that we do have is salt water. So what are we going to do with it? So I think it's very important with our growing population to address this now. Um, also, the fact that our method is eco-friendly, I'm a huge proponent of change advocacy. And I think that it's great to develop new technologies, but if developing those technologies is causing more harm to the environment than good, then it's kind of counterproductive. So that's a big uh, piece of it. And then why this, again, because of just something that stuck with me from very young ages to get access to basic human resources, such as water. Outside of the municipalities, because I mean, we find that it's very hard, some, in some situations, it's very hard to actually have that partnership. Uh, unless someone else does it first, they're not going to want to actually engage. And so uh, what other partners would make sense if the municipalities aren't buying into this at this moment? So this product could be made into a consumer product, like a water bottle. It's like when you go hiking and you take those little filters with you, this could be a replacement for that kind of filter. It'd be a more long-lasting filter. And again, it's just carbon-based, so it's easy to dispose of. Okay. So we could address the consumer market to gain traction, which we could then use as leverage as, hey, look, our product works. Beautiful. So let's talk about you're a, you're a founder of a company. Um, you could have worked for any 
you could have joined forces with a large organization to actually bring in your idea, be that entrepreneur. You decide to start your own company. And of course, when you went to business school, how do, and you had to learn how, how to run a business. Uh, talk, to, talk to me about the difficulty, the good and the good and the bad. So the, the pros of starting your company um, and the cons of starting your company. So I did work for a larger corporation for two and a half years after college. And it was not material science related. The job just kind of fell into my lap and the pay was really good. So I was like, hey, it's fantastic. Let me do this. And the pros of having a job, traditional job, is the paycheck for sure, <laughs> uh, which I loved. But every day I felt like I'm not being challenged or I'm not... Um, doing something that excites me, like I'm kind of a machine, a part in their machine. So I stuck it out for a few years and I definitely commend people who do that, but I needed something more fulfilling. And that, and I always planned to go to business school after getting several years of work experience under my belt. But after two and a half years, I was like, the time, or actually it was after the first year-ish that I was like, I've had enough, I need to apply. <laughs> so I started business school a lot earlier than I expected. And I went to Duke. And one of the huge benefits, Duke's a great school, go Blue Devils. One of the huge benefits of going to Duke was the entrepreneur community, the support you got there. And so I was working full time and going to business school and still working on the startup. And if it hadn't been for my professors and my classmates that encouraged me to kind of take that leap and quit the day job, I don't know if I would have been able to do it as easily. So I think the community is very important when you're starting a business. You cannot do it alone. Even if you're doing all the work alone, you need the support. Um, it's been very rewarding, but there's days where it's like, all my classmates are now making six figures and I'm just sitting here and like hoping an investor will come through or this product testing will go well. So there's definitely ups and downs, but at the end of the day, I'm really glad I'm doing it and I hope to do it as long as I can. I hopefully investor will, you know, um, support us to keep moving forward and kind of grow this company. It's so interesting because you mentioned something very, very, um, dear to my heart that's happening right now. So 10 years ago is when I started my company, um, when the world was not as um, happy as it could have been. Um, and then now 10 years later, we are in the same situation. And a lot of people are working from home. And those individuals that are in that, like the same position you were in, I'm, I'm there. I feel like I'm not doing enough. There's something that I clearly will have a lot more passion for. Um, maybe this is the time to start my own company. You made the leap. What would you say to the people that are actually thinking about making that leap right now? Make sure it's something you really, really care about. Because even though I really care about this, sometimes I still doubt it. So if it was something I was so-so about, there's no way I would have been. It's been almost two years now that I've been doing it full-time. Two years. And how big is your team? Like, Talk about, like I go, the individuals that are supporting you, the individuals that are part of your team that joined on. Who are the people that are making sure that this product succeeds? So we have a manufacturing team that's just two people who do the packing manufacturing. And then I work with a professor to kind of the continued research portion of it. And then my dad, who's a, whose background is in chemistry, he recently retired and has joined me full time, which has been awesome, but also a challenge to work with, you know, a family member that you live with, you work with. 
Um, but he's been extremely supportive. I'm sure you may have heard from Afreen. Um, we are a family of three daughters, so he's never let us feel like we can't do something that a son would have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And my mom is amazing. She's not officially part of the company, but she is the thing that keeps it going. She feeds so it's healthy. Would you consider your company a family-owned business now? Um, in a way, yeah. <laughs> That's one of the things where um, family-owned businesses, um, so a lot of individuals start their company and they don't realize that the, uh, I mean, again, just like everything, there's the, the pro and the con of having family members come in, but a lot of individuals bring in their parents because of that knowledge and that knowledge that can actually help your company grow as well. So um, if you were... In a perfect world, I mean, like, let's just say that the coronavirus uh, ended tomorrow in a perfect world. Uh, what's your first day look like? You go back and we are now able to um, go back to a new normal, not the normal, but a new normal. What's your first day looking like? So first of all, we had to shut down our manufacturing because it happens in India and India has been shut down right now. So we had to start that back up. And then we were in the middle of conversations with a research organization that was going to do some testing and work with us. That had to be put on hold. Their organization has closed down, so we'd start that back up. And we've currently been talking to a couple of different investors. And the thing with investors is I feel like it's almost a marriage. So you really need to know who you're going into business with. And I would make the trip to meet them. They would make the trip to meet me um, as soon as possible once all these travel restrictions are lifted. And I think that'll give us a lot more confidence in each other in moving forward. Fantastic. Um, can you sit there and talk about, um, so you started with the research work, you created this product, you know who your target audience is, your next day of if, when, this, when uh, we are able to go back to leaving our homes. Um, but talk about how you've pivoted. Like, so what have you done? I mean, during this time that you're home, um, everything is at a halt, but what are you doing to keep your product alive, to keep your name alive, to keep what you're doing from just disappearing and for you to go back to the job that you had before? Um, so I'm sure a lot of people have said the same thing, but Zoom meetings have been huge. Still trying to keep that human contact alive with the different um, you know, entities are working it being the research organization or the investors and even our team our manufacturing team who's not working right now but obviously they're still on payroll because hopefully this will end soon and they're definitely valued members of our team so we're just keeping those conversations going um having all of our like all of my friends as well their jobs have shifted in different ways like are they a therapist are they in it they're all home now so checking in on each other has become a much daily occurrence which I think is fantastic and I think it will continue going forward even when the world opens back up. I think that's one of the blessings in the whole coronavirus thing. I take a lot of walks. I probably walk like 10 miles a day because I just have nothing to do and that <laughs> is insane and like my friends on my Apple watch who like follow me they're like what are you doing like you're just always walking. I'm like I don't have anything else to do. But it's honestly, I, mean, I have to say those those walks, any form of exercise is definitely keeping your mind open. Um, I'm seeing a lot of people are being creative, whether it's from cooking, whether it's art, um, whether it's I mean, because it, it, 
week one, week two, people were cleaning. And then they were like, mm, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to do something that's a little bit more creative. And being just outside, just getting that fresh air means a lot as well. But what are you doing for your company, Helga? So how are you, um, you're taking care of, you're self-caring, which is awesome, which is like a need. What are you doing in regards of your team to make sure that they're a-okay as well as growing the company? So in addition to just checking in on the team every day, I'm doing a lot of reading on my own because since we can't really do much research physically right now, there's a lot to learn still and the industry is still putting out a lot of patents and publications. So I just spend a lot of time learning. And anything new that, come, that has come up that you're going to actually add to your company? So a new product that's been coming out using graphene has been masks, graphene masks. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting to see the different materials people are using, embedding the graphene within them. And even if we never get into the mask market, our desalination membrane is going to need that same process and same technology of embedding graphene within some sort of material. So... <laughs> That's been really cool, and I've actually reached out to a couple of mask makers to understand how they're working on that. Well, that about, something we try with them eventually. Well, I was going to say that that's, it's a, I mean, that's a great idea, and it's a great thought, because um, a lot of individuals are finding the situation that the product that they've been working on, all of a sudden, they're starting to pivot in different ways. And so think about when you go to college, um, you may have that in your packet, you're going to have a mask and you're going to have gloves and things. So what else could the product be used for? In addition to, so graphene is antibacterial, so it could be used in filters. And I think one of the things airlines should definitely start looking into is having air, graphene embedded air filters in their aircraft and maybe Instead of having you know the ones that go across the plane you could have one on the back of every seat i think there needs to be more measures taken for hygiene within airplanes um scrapping can be embedded in any fabric maybe have it somehow in the seat material because they don't clean those every day either so antibacterial the antibacterial property of graphene could be huge that's fantastic i mean and i think that's one of the things where um, sometimes we, as the normal, regular people that are out there, we're, we're moving so fast and we are just not paying attention to, you're right, you're like, we're not paying attention to the seats that we're um, sitting on. Um, things aren't cleaned as they should be. And it's, it's unfortunate that something like this had to happen where now everyone is very, very aware of what's been cleaned and what hasn't been cleaned. But also the materials that are in our everyday that, I mean, I, I'm a hiker. I mean, I go hiking and I have those water bottles and I have the filtrations. And I remember the, um, the, um, the, the water pitcher, um, the water pitcher that came with a little charcoal um, and all these things existed, but we weren't thinking long and hard because we wanted easier, faster water bottles coming in, not knowing what's inside the machine, what's cleaning it or not. And to know that you're developing a product that can actually make the, the it, it can make um, the transition of getting back into the norm, normal, easier, and with less anxiety. So um, I always end every single conversation with an ask. And so what is something that you want to make sure that people are understanding of what your needs are um, or what you want just like people just to know? I would like people to know that it's great to develop a new technology, but being young and not having necessarily the industry network yet, 
um, it would be so helpful for young companies to have access to a network of people in the industry, people who are willing to take a chance on a new technology, on a newer company. And like I said before, that's what we're doing right now is talking to various investors. Some of those conversations are great and some of them are you know, younger male figures talking kind of down to you. And that really yeah. needs to shift. And even if that investor has a ton of money and ton of a great network, it's not the right fit. So I'm mm -hmm. looking for a right fit in terms of background as well personality. Beautiful. So making sure that we find the right fit for you in regards of understanding technology, someone that's willing to take a risk. And I think that this time, at this very moment of time, there's a lot of investors out there that are looking for investors as well as individuals that um, would are, are just donors. I mean, they just want to be involved with the next big thing, but they don't know where you are. And so this is like a great time for people to understand that your product uh, can help on many different levels and just to take that time to get to know who you are get to know how passionate you are about it and to make sure that they are asking the right questions because this might be their big their next big thing that they've been looking for so thank you so very much for your time i mean i really do appreciate it um and if you um, ever need anything i go i'm gonna after this is all over and it's gonna be over i'm gonna come back and speak to all of you that i've been talking to to see what happened? I mean, what, what's the rest of the story? So thank you so very much. And I look forward to seeing you again. Thank you.